welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things, a podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and the history or stories behind them. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you so much for joining me today and welcome to season two. I can't believe we've been at this for a year. It's amazing. We've got so many more wonderful things to be grateful for ahead of us and I'm just so grateful that you're here and back and ready to listen and here we go. So a weekend or so ago, I met up with my cousin to spend some quality time together and what get together would be complete without food. My cousin provided us with the ingredients and we got to work making kimchi pancakes for the first time. I had learned a little bit about the method of making kimchi pancakes from my taekwondo instructor, but I hadn't tried it before, not on my own. After the oil was heated up, we got to work dropping the batter in and trying to spread it out. We followed the instructions and eventually got several potentially overly deep fried kimchi pancakes out of it. I thought they were delicious. However, whether or not we did it right remains to be seen. Either way, we created something edible. So I count that as a win. The very first flipping of the pancake was terrifying. However, we had quite a lot of oil in the pan and I was tasked with cooking the pancakes. My first attempt, while backed very far away from the pan, doing kind of that, you know, that arching thing where you're just basically trying to not touch any surface. At that time, wishing I had chopsticks and using the spatula that we had, my very first attempt resulted in an enormous splash of hot oil everywhere, like a veritable wave. Nobody was hurt or in the pathway of the oil, and my cousin had it cleaned up in about 10 seconds flat. We resorted later to using a method of like spatula and tongs, that kind of combo, which I'm sure is not the right way. I'm sure many people can do it without that, but we cannot, but it did result in fewer oil spills. All in all, it was a success, made possible by oil that was not flying through the air. Which brings us to today's topic, cooking oil. Oils have been used for cooking for thousands of years. For the Japanese and the Chinese, they have produced soy oil since around 2000 BCE. Records indicate that soybean oil was an imported and cultivated commodity kept even before written records made note of it for the first time. These days, soybean oil is used in the production of margarine, paints, varnish, soap, disinfectant, insecticides, paint, and oil cakes used in mixed feed, while the soybean is also used to create soy sauce. Soybeans are the world's largest producer of oil and vegetable protein and are also the most widely grown globally. Soybeans were brought from China to the United States in 1804. In fact, during the Civil War, soldiers would brew soybeans as if they were coffee beans, when coffee beans were nowhere to be found. George Washington Carver's discoveries about soybeans made it clear that the plant was a good source of protein and oil. During World War II, the United States' previous access to oils and fats, 40% of which was outside of the U.S., was cut, so the country turned to the soybean. Soybean usage grew in Europe through the 1960s and the 1980s. From 1998 on through the next five years, China quadrupled its production of soybeans to meet the growing global demand. Meanwhile, to the West, the Europeans have been producing olive oil since about 3000 BCE. The Spartans and Greeks would rub oil on themselves when exercising in the gymnasium. Olive oil was also used in cosmetics and was used as a popular birth control method as well. It is unclear when exactly olive trees were domesticated, but evidence suggests that it originated in Persia and Mesopotamia and was later spread to Levant and North Africa. Others, however, argue that it started in Egypt. The olive tree made its way to Greece by the 28th century BCE. 
Olive trees spread with the Roman Empire and were introduced in North and South America in the 16th century AD. Archaeological evidence suggests that olive oil was being made as early as 6000 BCE. In the ancient Minoan civilization, olive oil was used for religious purposes and was a sign of wealth as well. Oil was imported from Crete, Syria, and Canaan to ancient Egypt. It was also considered an important sign of wealth and played an important role in general commerce. The method for making olive oil through the Bronze Age to the Hellenistic period involved taking olives and crushing them between woven mats. With the Romans came innovations to making olive oil. More olive trees were planted along the Mediterranean, and the olive press came into use in 5 AD. This style of olive press was made up of two large millstones used to crush the olives to separate the oil from the water in the olive. These presses were strong enough to crush the olive pits as well. Some examples of Roman olive presses still exist today. Later in 1795, Joseph Graham improved the process with his hydraulic press. When it comes to the symbolism behind the oil, we go first to the tree itself. The olive tree has symbolized peace between countries. Olive oil has also held religious meaning, especially for the Greeks. The city of Athens was named for the goddess Athena because, according to mythology, she gifted the city an olive tree, which was considered a better gift than Poseidon's gift of a salt spring. Olive oil also has significance in Christianity as well as Judaism. In the Roman Catholic, Anglican, and Orthodox churches, olive oil plays various significant roles. This oil, sometimes mixed with balsam, sometimes not, is important for the sacred ceremonies of baptism, confirmation, and the sacrament, among others. It is also used for the anointing of monarchs at coronations. Eastern Orthodox churches use olive oil to light their lamps in their churches, cemeteries, and prayer corners at home. The vigil lamp uses olive oil. The oil can also be used as an offering at cemeteries and churches. For the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, olive oil that has been blessed or consecrated by the priesthood is used to anoint and bless the sick. Iglesia Ni Cristo also uses olive oil in anointing the sick. In Judaism, in the Mishkan service, olive oil was used to burn the menorah during the exodus from Egypt and later in the temple in Jerusalem. In modern day, while candles are used to light the menorah, olive oil can also still be used as fuel during Hanukkah. Olive oil was also used as holy anointing oil to anoint priests, kings, prophets, and others. In more everyday uses, olive oil can be used in cooking, for oil lamps, as a lubricant for machinery, and even as a base for soaps. These days, we use olive oil globally in a massive amount. From 2019 to 2020, global production of olive oil was 3.2 million tons. Spain leads the world in olive oil production, producing 35% of the world's olive oil. Greece consumes the most olive oil per capita. In Mexico and North America, oils came largely from sunflower seeds and peanuts. Peanut oil is also used in the production of lubricants and soap, as well as margarine. And in Africa, coconut and palm kernels were used for their oils. You want to be careful of the oil that you use at high temperatures, as depending on the unsaturated content, it can actually become toxic. So you want to choose an oil with the correct heat tolerance. Palm oil, in particular, can be used with extremely high temperatures for baking or frying. A few other oils you can use at temperatures above 230 degrees Celsius or 446 degrees Fahrenheit include mustard oil, avocado oil, peanut oil, safflower oil, rice bran oil, and semi-refined sesame and sunflower seed oils. 
As far as oils and our health go, with oils, you of course want to be careful of those that are high in saturated fats. These include coconut, palm, and palm kernel oils. Meanwhile, monosaturated fatty oils include olive, peanut, canola, soy, and cottonseed oils are healthier. A small consumption of saturated fats is totally normal for most diets. However, a high consumption can lead to a risk of cardiovascular disease, so you want to be wary of that, and you also want to be wary of trans fats. These days, there are three ways to extract oil. These include chemical solvent extraction using hexane, pressing, which can use either a cold press or an expeller, and a decanter centrifuge. After extraction, the refinement process can give the oil specific desired characteristics, flavors, and more. I didn't know that there were so many flavors and oils until I went to an oil shop. That wasn't what it was called, but it was an oil shop that I found in Borough Market. They had vinegars and oils of a variety of different, very delicate flavors with oranges and more floral flavors as well. And I was hooked. I loved it. It was delicious. I decided that every day I just wanted a baguette and my oil and vinegar and I would have that as my after school snack. Uh, it was amazing and I highly recommend it. I don't know about everybody's bread consumption, but I eat a lot of bread. Anyways... <laughs> That was my first experience with more delicate and flavorful oils, and it was superb. Loved it. So now let's take a moment to talk about the less friendly side of oils. I'm talking about using oil for fuel, gasoline, petroleum, etc. Over the years, we have generally moved away from oil for fuel with a few exceptions. This is due to a number of factors. Although the oil is relatively cheaper, it actually takes longer to heat up and on larger vessels, the equipment required to heat up the oil in order to use it takes up important space that could be used more economically. There's also the pressing concern of pollution and residual fuel. Although residual fuel used to be used more in boilers, steam engines, railroads, and steamships, this is less of the case these days. Burning fuel oil results in larger carbon dioxide emissions than natural gas. The viscosity of the different types of oil, number six in particular, can also cause problems, which have resulted in many choosing other fuel sources. While oil was helpful in the development of global shipping and transportation, the consequences have actually been deadly. Air shipping rules that were introduced in 2020 have been helpful, but even so, in that year alone, 250,000 deaths were estimated as being related to air shipping pollution. In addition, it also causes millions of cases of childhood asthma each year. So the problems are huge, which is why many are looking for solutions elsewhere, as the benefits do not outweigh the cost. So when it comes to the oils we've used as fuel for decades, it's not a very pretty picture. While there were important innovations made, we need more innovation in this space so as to preserve precious human life. I am grateful, however, for the benefits of cooking oil, and I can acknowledge the benefits we've received from oil use for fuel, while also acknowledging that we need a new and better solution. Thankfully, again, many are working toward a brighter future in that area. So in life, we take the good with the bad and try to maximize the good and find our way through the ways in which we need to improve. I am grateful for the innovations, the ingenuity, and the general benefits of humanity's story with oil. From foods, to religious ceremonies, to stimulants, to encourage us to find better fuel sources in the future. It is all a part of the story, and I am grateful. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for joining me. Welcome back, and I'm excited for the rest of the new year. Hope you have a marvelous day. Take care.